What is happening? Yeah. A device on your Wi-Fi is casting Netflix. Oh, since you're on Wi-Fi and Matt is casting to... Oh, and I think I just paused it. <laughs> Carry on, Matthew. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I cleared it out. No, no, no. Oh, you should have just like creatively paused it every now and then. <laughs> you know how great that would be? I think you can mute it, too. We, we'd like, we would like finish up. We'd go downstairs and be like... Dude, he'd be like, hey, babe, how's it going? He goes like, the Netflix keeps messing up. I can't figure it out. No, he's the king of pausing my Netflix. So he'd just be like, fucking quit it. Stop. I'm not amused. But we are. And welcome, we are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Rebecca. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. Hi, guys. How questionable was that mixed up intro for you? It had to happen because y'all would not stop laughing and there was no other way. What were we laughing about, Rebecca? Not important. What were we laughing about, Rebecca? Not important. What were we laughing about, Rebecca? I don't know if you could hear her through the muddled wine glass, but um, Ashley and I spent far too long giggling about vaginas, so it was a good time. (laughs) But we're back. We're ready to rock and roll. Yes. And we're going to talk about some fun stuff today. We'll just talk about minimal genitalia. I don't think I mentioned genitalia. I'm sure we can bring it around. I do mention genetics, which sounds a lot like genitals, so... We can get it there. Yeah. We'll find a way. I wonder what the root word means. Ashley and I always find a way to bring it back. For Jenna? Yeah. <laughs> My friends call me Jaina. <laughs> so, uh, Ashley, yes. Tiffany, what are you talking about today? Oh, we're just dive, dive right on in. Dive on in. Dive on in. That's how I deal with uncomfortable situations. I just keep going until I forget about it, which Fair. is why my apartment occasionally becomes spotless. Fair. We are going to, I was actually inspired by my dad for this one. Mm. Yes. Okay. Um, weird transition. I know. But um, <laughs> so I mentioned on last week's episode that my dad had kind of a thing happen while we were away on vacation and it is a rare disorder and there's a familial version and a sporadic version and he has the sporadic one and it's going to kind of be around as an ever present part of his life. Well, It reminded me of this really interesting thing I read about and heard about recently called fatal familial insomnia. What? Fatal familial insomnia. And there's also a sporadic, fatal sporadic insomnia. Okay. So I suddenly have a lot of anxiety and I don't even know what those mean yet. Well, chances are, since none of your family has died of this and spoiler alert there is no cure you're gonna die um oh. yeah well uh, you brought that down fast <laughs> chances are you have nothing to worry about but we'll get to the sporadic one that you have to worry about later oh all right okay. Okay. great <laughs> but odds are kind of in your favor uh, i mean <clears throat> we'll get there we'll get there okay so I, most of this came from a bbc article that we'll have on the blog that was pretty cool all right so let me tell you a little story. Silvana was on a cruise ship when the family curse struck. 
an elegant 53-year-old with striking red hair who enjoyed wearing a tuxedo at every possible occasion. He tried to present himself with the poise of the film stars he admired. But while on the ship's dance floor one evening, he was embarrassed to find that his shirt had become drenched in sweat. Concerned, he examined himself in a mirror, only to find that his pupils had shrunk to two tiny black pinpricks. It was the same glassy-eyed stare that had afflicted his father and two sisters at the beginning of their mysterious illnesses. He knew that this was just the beginning. Tremors, impotence, and constipation could follow, but the most terrifying symptom would be the disappearance of sleep, a most total insomnia for months, a kind of waking coma that would ultimately end in death. Silvano eventually referred himself to the University of, I'm going to just apologize because I know this is not how it's pronounced, but it's spelled the exact same way, so I'm going to roll with it. <clears throat> Silvano eventually referred himself to the University of Bologna's sleep unit for further study. <laughs> B-O-L-O-G-N-A? Yup. <clears throat> <laughs> We're so American. We are, but how it's can probably we- like Bologna. Bologna. B-O-L-O-G-N-A. The Oscar Mayer Institute <laughs> of Sleep. Silvano, into- Ooh, Silvano eventually referred himself to the University of Bologna's sleep unit for further study, but he was under no illusions about the course of the disease. He said, I'll stop sleeping, and with eight or nine months, I'll be dead. One eight of or his- nine months with no sleep? One of his doctors... Petro Cortelli told me in a phone interview. Sorry, or told the author in a phone interview. I said, how can you be sure? He then drew me a genealogical tree from the 18th century, all by heart. In each generation, Silvano could name family members who had succumbed to the same fate. As Silvano predicted, he died less than a couple of years later, but he left his brain to science and hoped that he might shed some light on the strange disorder that had plagued his family. What the what? I know, right? Were they cursed back in like the 1800s by like some voodoo priestess? Probably. Was it like the opposite of like a genie and a lamp where they're like, yes, alas, you have freed me. And they released one and they were like, damn it. I was having such an awesome. You know what, bitch? You're not going to be able to sleep ever again. (laughs) Yeah. Like somebody had a wish that was like, I hope that me and my family have raging parties for the rest of time and it's like one of the clauses is you can't sleep but okay whatever you want you woke me up you so woke me up so that's, that's what you why get. you read the fine print people it's mm-hmm. a genie come on it's kind of mm-hmm. like ursula where you're like trying to read it and then the pen just kind of signs it well no well she no there was singing and there was weird she henchmen looked away. it was just like ah my love that i've known for 30 seconds oh yeah it's been a long time since i've watched yeah. that Love that movie, but there are some major issues with it. Anyway, what's going on inside the brain and bodies of people with this strange disease? It's a mystery that researchers are only now starting to fully understand and possibly treat with a promising new drug. We'll get to that. (laughs) However, since FFI involves a genetic legacy that is passed through generations, this research is also raising a difficult and ethically fraught question. If your family's genes meant you could one day be struck down by the inability to sleep, would you want to be told your fate? Nope. Pause for that. The face. She's yes. Because it would probably determine my hat play a role in my decision if I wanted to have children or not. That was my exact thought. I have a cat. 
<laughs> but if you ever get to the point where you're like, okay, I want to have a baby, you it'd be good to know if you have this thing that your family keeps dying from. Yeah. Yeah. And that there's nothing that anybody could do for it up to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd want to know. Yeah, me too. So, uh, Silvano's family have mostly remained silent about their struggle with FFI, but about 15 years ago, they opened up about their history to writer D.T. Max, whose book, The Family Who Couldn't Sleep, offers an engrossing portrait of a family living in fear of their own genes. Hunting for patient zero, Max found the disease could be traced back as far as a Venetian doctor who fell into a continuous paralyzed, yup, word, uh you as paralyzed what uh i think it's supposed to say stupor but during the late 18th century soon after a nephew named giuseppe succumbed to a similar fate and from there the illness passed through his sons angelo and vince vincenzo yep to their children and great-grandchildren until it reached silvano's father pietro who died during world war ii So it was the great, great grand, whoever, the doctor that found the magic lamp. Exactly. Don't go around rubbing other people's junk. (laughs) (laughs) I told you I could do it. There it is. (laughs) She does not disappoint. (laughs) (sighs) Despite the chain of losses, the family tried not to talk about the illness for fear of tempting fate. But that changed in the 1980s when Silvana started developing his si- symptoms. His niece had married a doctor named Ignazio Roter. I don't mm-hmm. know. Sure. And as a man of science, he persuaded his wife's uncle to visit a famous sleep clinic at the University of Bologna, where Cortelli was working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Together, they set about solving the mystery of the illness. Although their efforts could do nothing to save Silvano or two other family members who would succumb shortly afterwards, extensive testing eventually found a culprit. A misshapen proton in the brain called a prion, caused by a tiny genetic mutation. Misshapen proton? Protein. Did I say proton? You did. It's a protein. (laughs) Called a prion. Yeah. And prion means, or is a combination of protein an infection. And they're terrifying. They are super terrifying. They were coined by a guy who won the Nobel Prize. Are they like the little guys that they used to use to visualize viruses on computers? What? There was like the little worm that like came through your background and was like, nom, 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 What are you? I know what you're talking about, but that was really funny to watch. No, basically, it's just like, a protein that's normally found in your brain and then like you know it's formed with the little helix and then all of a sudden uh it just it diff- mutates mutates and that in mutation a causes a um all of this oh <laughs> yeah all of this all of this it. vastness in front of you and it can just ha- happen randomly which is terrifying right that's the scariest part. yes so for some reason, it's only at middle age that the prions begin to proliferate wildly, collecting in pockets that poison the neurons. I was about to ask a really stupid question. I was going to say, like, at the middle age of the person or the middle age of the <laughs> prion. You're pretty. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. Yes, when prions hit 40, we'll, we'll they get have to... a midlife crisis. Well, I didn't know because, like, you have turnover. Every seven you years, you're a new person. 
So if you have cellular turnover, then is it middle age of the person or middle age of the prion? It's not a stupid it question. It is not. It's not. <laughs> we can validate Mike anything. Drop. Mike, drop. No, it's middle Please age don't of the drop person. The mics. Typically, we'll get to the ages in a second. Okay. This made it a relative of the Creutzfeldt Jacob disease and mad cow disease, which are two other prion diseases that were um, really gaining um, serious scientific interest at this time. Okay. And yeah. when was this? This was, I believe this took place in the 80s. Okay. But whereas the Creutzfeldt Jacob disease leaves the surface of the brain looking like Swiss cheese, Silvano's condition seemed to target parts of the um, thalamus at the very center of the skull. So normally, um, the thalamus is the size and shape of a walnut, but the thalamus in Silvano's brain appeared to have been riddled with boring worms. I feel like we talked about the thalamus before. When did we talk about that? Um, so did we the touch memory? on sleep paralysis? That's what I think so. It was either sleep paralysis or the one, um, the organ memory, because we talked about the brain. That's true. Either way, neither of those ended with the thalamus looking like Swiss cheese. Well, well this one doesn't either. It, it just looks, looks like, like it had boring worms. Yeah. It just looks like it has worms. It's fine. Exactly. No big deal. I mean, <laughs> super big deal, but I can't <laughs> Super big deal, but it's in like, I, I have a list of things that shouldn't cause me anxiety, but do. And prions is on the list. Oh, I oh just wait. Say brain worms. Oh, just wait. Okay, that's no. brain worms tops the oh, list. Oh, I'm always terrible. That's actually on the list too. Is catching worms somehow? You have two cats. Fuck. <laughs> Luckily, they're both indoors, so you should be okay. And I do um, medicate them regularly for that good Good. i'm glad you clarified mine so after years of further research the scientists can now explain why damage to this small nub of neural tissue unleashes such a puzzling constellation of symptoms we know for instance that this hub orchestrates all of our autonomic responses to the environment things like temperature control blood pressure heart rate and the release of hormones that keep the body ticking comfortably When it breaks down, it's as if your central heating is going haywire, your water pipes have sprung a leak, your windows are open wide, and your loud speakers, is the word I'm going for, are blaring at full volume. Which is why he was sweating and his pupils were like super constricted. Hence the profuse sweating and shrunken pupils, the impotence and the constipation. Here I am just thinking that sounds like a wild house party. (laughs) Got the windows open, the speakers bumping, there's overflowing tubs. Woo, woo, woo. Wah, 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 wah. It's just rude to overflow the tubs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've never. Throw some bubbles in that, bish. Mm. Get yourself a phloem party going on. Oh, yeah, girl. Boots and pants. Boots and pants and boots and pants. Can't sleep anyway. You might as well have a house party. Well, he didn't, but <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to think of that. This erratic autonomic control could also contribute to the patient's insomnia. Their bodies can't prepare for a night's sleep. Where blood pressure typically drops before sleep, theirs would be abnormally high, for instance, giving the sensation that their body is still on high alert. If the symptomatic nervous system is unbalanced, of course you've got insomnia, says Cortelli, who presented his ideas in a uh, issue of Sleep Medicine Reviews. Compounding these issues, the brain's rhythms are now in complete disarray. During the night, we normally experience periodic cycles of rapid eye movement, punctuated by a deeper, slow-wave sleep, which we've all talked about during sleep paralysis. Yeah. Episode 7? Yeah. yeah. 
something <laughs> like that. An episode before this one. Yup. Can confirm. <laughs> During this stage, low frequency oscillations of electrical activity ripple across the cortex. The gnarled bark-like tissue on the surface of the brain. This appears to calm down the buzz of coordinated conscious activity you'd normally see when we're awake, but also performing important maintenance work, such as consolidating our memories. I understand all of those words separately, but when I was reading that, I was like, I hope I'm saying the right words because I am lost. Just watch my face. I was trying to read. I can't watch your face and read. You'd see me do the confused head tilt. Yeah. Because... That's a tick I have. When someone says something that doesn't make sense, I'm like, huh? Yeah, you can't even control yourself. You I, make I that really face can't. at me a lot. <laughs> the confused head tilt. Yes. <laughs> All right. And what nub of neural tissue deep in the brain orchestrates those delicate rhythms? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Amygdala? Nope. That's a different one. Thalamus. There we go. <laughs> I felt like I was in school again. That was too much pressure. I didn't like it. <laughs> Lacking this dimmer switch, the FFI patients are always switched on and can never descend into deep retro- uh, restorative sleep, says Angelo Germangi at the University of... Germangi? <laughs> Jim McNenny? <laughs> oh, we're really I'm going really off. bad at this. So, Jim and there's, Yeah. And there's not like a medication that can help them calm down for lack of a better word to fall asleep well if you think about like giving them sleeping pills or um even there was somebody who was put into a medically induced coma okay that just makes your body go to sleep your brain is still wired so you're not getting like sleep restorative yeah your brain is functioning on uh, full blast gotcha yeah so it's like the screen on your computer's off but you're all the insides are still going exactly okay i like the way you think that's the second time you've made a correlation like that where i'm just Ever. like sure <laughs> sure yep sounds That's good. the second time in our friendship you've made sense rebecca thanks <laughs> no she could say that about me but i can't say that about her okay so dun, dun, dun. let's on, move on to the next thing <laughs> let's let's without those slow waves the closest they get to normal sleep is a kind of mindless stupor not quite asleep but not quite aware same in which they mindlessly mime their routine daily so, activities. So like me at 3 p.m. Yeah, exactly. Cortelli thinks this is a pale remnant of the REM stage that punctuates the deeper stages of sleep. In some ways, it looks like they're acting out their dreams. Uh, Silvano, actually, they have um, video of him where he was laying in bed and it looked like he was asleep, but he was like combing his hair as if he was like he didn't have anything in his hands he was miming combing his hair and like buttoning up his pajamas and at one point he like saluted and they asked him about it and he was like yeah i was dreaming that i was there at the coronation of the queen and he was brain activity showed he was wide awake but he was kind of like daydreaming i guess huh and this is different from like sleepwalking well it is um where what did i read about sleepwalking hold on dun, dun, dun. oh Okay, so, well, there is something about that. Okay. Okay, so that was all the information I got from the BBC article. article. So that will be linked because that was 99% verbatim from them. So sources cited. Check. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Ask (laughs) up. Like we couldn't tell. Yeah. It It was too fancy for me. So... It is traced back to the Venetian doctor at about 1765, and then there's another case at 1836 where the two people had died, but those two people are not related. 
both in Venice, and then it stems from them, the familial, hmm. fatal familial insomnia. My question is, where the fudge did that come from? Yeah. So. Bad cheese. Maybe? So is, does it start as sporadic and then become familial? Thankfully, it does not. So if you get the sporadic one, sucks, you're going to die. <laughs> Put your affairs in order. Love you. Sorry. But your offspring don't have to worry about it. So. Okay. And they can test for that. They can test genes to find out if it's sporadic or familial. So they said that there are possibly 100 people total since the 1800s. And that's like 40 families tops that have to worry about this. But it's hard to get an accurate number because for the longest time they didn't know what it was. Right. Yeah. It normally shows itself between the 30s and 50s. Like cool. Yes. But Hmm. it's been noted as early as 18 years old and as late as 72 years old. Let's shoot for the 70s, 80s, 90s. So there are four basic stages. Um, Stage one and all of these time frames that I'm going to mention are like estimates and averages. Because once you get this, it's typically 12 to 18 months or 9 to 18 months. You're dead. Wow. Yeah. Uh, mm, could you imagine going nine months without sleep nope (laughs) yeah your brain is just like "Mm -mm, no 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 with your i'm just gonna throw this in real quick before we get to the four stages if you have that gene the ffi gene you have a 50 50 chance of passing on to your kids that's terrifying isn't it Uh. so and it's not like you have to have it from both sides of family it is in fact i wrote it down so let me Go back to my notes up top. It is a um, autonomic disorder, so it can it doesn't have to be passed down from both sides. So basically, this gene, if you get you get one from one parent, one from another. If either one of those is it, you got it. So you, it's not even like okay, well, my dad's side of the family has it, but my mom doesn't. Cheers. So it's not like a recessive gene. Nope. Nope fun that's horrible and i'm sorry i keep messing with my microphone my back hurts and i'm trying to get comfortable okay so yes that is um that's that there are typically four stages the first stage is four months of increasingly worse insomnia paranoia vivid dreams um when you actually can't sleep stage two is typically about five months of sympathetic hyperactivity which means you're basically on it at all times. You're on, your brain is just running full force. It's that house party we talked about. You can't sleep. You've got short-term memory loss. You're having motor issues, um, mood changes, depression, anxiety. And in stages one and two, you can sleep, but you're only in stages one and two of the sleep cycle. You never hit three through five. So stage three lasts about three months, and that is straight insomnia. No sleep, nothing. How? No clue. But there are videos of people who have this and they're trying to like figure out and study it and they're not coherent. Like, could you imagine running on no sleep for months no, at a time? No, I cannot imagine. It's it's rough. I don't sleep well for one night and I'm like, Meh. Yeah. So stage four, they said is maybe six months stops. It's called the end stage. Um, severe dementia, rapid onset of dementia, decline in brain activity, ability to move or speak, but you lack the will to. So you're basically just laying there. 
You're basically in a coma and your central nervous system is breaking down. And then you pass. Is that stage five? That is, that's at that's the end the of end. the end stage. Uh, uh, yes. That's so, terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying. There's a really cool documentary. It was an episode of My Shocking Story, Dying to Sleep. And we'll have a link to it on YouTube on the blog. And um, just to kind of ease your memory, or ease your memory, wow, <laughs> ease your worry, the sporadic one, there have only been eight reported cases. Oh, wow. So. That doesn't help my anxiety. It well, sucks to be you. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. You realize the next time I can't sleep, I'm going to be like, oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah. It's been five minutes. Uh-huh. I can't fall asleep. I know. It's a prion. I know. It's a prion. It's, it's a, a prion. prion. <laughs> Significant other. Check me for prions. <laughs> Does my what? thalamus look okay? A <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> so, there are some really cool things that have come of this, though. Please tell us <laughs> what the cool things are. I say really cool, but they're trying to find a way to fix this. So, Rebecca cool, not like normal cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, totally Rebecca cool. <laughs> totally Rebecca cool. So there's currently no cure for FFI and no treatment that can slow the disease progression. The management goal is to ease symptoms and keep the person with FFI as comfortable as possible. However, research is ongoing and a number of potential treatments are being developed. As of 2016, a number of treatments have had some success in slowing disease progression in animal models, but the results have been less clear in clinical trials in humans. In Italy, there was a clinical trial trying to prevent symptoms in people known to have the genetic changes for FFI but have not yet developed symptoms, and they've had some progress with it. Several forms of the immunotherapy have re... Oh, wait. Yeah, that's what I just said. Basically, there have been reported success stories, but that's kind of hard to justify because even if you have this, like... you could be doing this research and be like oh yeah it's working but how do you know maybe they just haven't had the onset yet right so it's kind of a gray area but they think that it's going well there was one guy who got it and he was able to prolong his life by doing like everything that you can imagine like he was doing some clinical trials he was taking medicine he built himself a deprivation tank and Hmm. would get in there to try and calm down and is it bad that the deprivation tank sounds more terrifying to me than everything else you've talked about? I mean, I can see that. Yeah. But that's can't still a little weird. <laughs> nope. Can't do it. Claustrophobia. Nope. I think it'd be cool to get well, a see, deprivation like, I, tank. I'm claustrophobic and sensory deprivation sounds okay to me. Nope. Well, see, I want to try it. But at the same time, I have this weird fear of really large things. Like I'm terrified of whales. I'm terrified of the ocean. What does that have to do with I, the tank? I'm terrified of space and any large expanse of anything. And I feel like in a sensory deprivation tank, I would like lose my concept of being in a tank and feel like I'm just in wide open space and have a little freak out. I'd have the polar opposite and I would know mm-hmm. I was in a tank and have a freak out. And I, Rebecca would be fine. I, I have no idea. <laughs> no, thank so, you. I'd yeah. probably take a nap. Let's be honest. Fair. All right, so another thing that I thought was really cool is there was one lady whose mother passed away of this, and she got tested and found out she had the gene for FFI. 
She was a Harvard student, or she had just graduated from Harvard, was working in a law firm. Everything was going great in her life. But she started, she and her husband started going to night classes for, I think it was like chemistry and biology um, (laughs) to become scientists to try and figure out a way to do research on this and try and find a cure. So they basically dedicated themselves to school and this research and quit their other highly successful jobs to start the Prone Alliance. And I'm going to have a link to their website on the blog as well. But it's a really cool program that they did. And um, they have since had a daughter and she does not have the gene, which is very exciting. But yeah, so that was pretty cool. There's an entire organization dedicated to finding a cure. Huh. So, but that's fatal familial insomnia. I know you said for the sporadic or whatever, Mm -hmm. there was only eight Cases. Eight reported cases. And that Do just we, means their body generates the prions. Yeah, that like the mutation just randomly. like randomly happens. What how many cases are there? You said there was twenty families that were affected? Um they think it's about forty families. Okay. And they think it's possibly one hundred people total since the eighteen hundreds. Now is it something that last family where the daughter didn't have the gene? Yes. If she married someone who didn't have the gene, would it end at them? Or is there still a chance that... It ends at them. I mean, if she doesn't have the gene, there's no way she could pass it on. Yeah. So it's not like... Like we were talking about earlier, it's not a recessive gene. Gotcha. So if you don't have it, you don't have it. Okay. If you do have that gene, you're going to get this. No, thank you. Yeah. So... It should ease your mind that there have been only eight reported sporadic cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what logic says. I mean, uh, one thing I thought was really cool, though, is I've always known of two types of infection, viral and bacterial, Mm -hmm. but there is a third and it's the prion and it's the misfolded protein. (laughs) And it means that like with viral and bacterial, typically there's like an inflammation that occurs to kind of warn you that there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. Prion doesn't have that. So it's basically like a sleeping disease. Is that because the prion is generated by your body and it isn't from an outside source? Yep. Ding, ding, ding. Ah, that's terrifying. Yeah, I'm smart too. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, now I have something to, ironically, help me lose sleep tonight. So, yay, thanks, Tiffany. Anytime. I'm here for you. No, you're not. I am. Anything I can do to make you feel uncomfortable, I'm down. <laughs> I'm totally here to help you with that. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You're welcome. Great story. Thanks. I'm, I'm not going to go home and stress to clean my apartment now. It's fine. I'm not. I'm going to go home and go to bed. Me too. I will say y- I am. You are home. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I will say I am very proud of myself because this week I've been dealing with a lot and like not focused on doing my research. I did all of this while listening to other things and reading articles on my lunch break today. Killed it. Thanks, friends. That was me knocking it, you knocking it out of the park. I appreciate that. Boom shakalaka. Shakalaka. Shaka boom. All right. Well. Vagina. <laughs> remember, friends. Are you well, going to, are we just remember. switching up the outro? Wait, too? no. If we're switching up the outro, you've done this before. You just got to start it. I want to start the because outro. Because I had to end Valentine's no, I'm, I'm Day. Doing it. And then, no, I was just looking at the end, then I'll do if you have any questionable. Boom. All right. We're switching it we're up, We're switching guys. it up. Let's Our this. protons are going crazy. Prions. Protozoa. Nope. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Make my heart go. Boom, boom. My supernova girl, 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 girl. girl.
Well, remember, friends, everyone has something they find odd. Let us tell you why it's not. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, theladiesofstrange.com, or you can email them to us at theladiesofstrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can now find us on Patreon. Keep it strange, lovelies. Night, night. Sleep tight. Don't let the prions bite. It's terrifying. I'm a brain worm uh, going through your walnut. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs>